What is up, everybody? Welcome to Recruiting is No Joke. I am your host, Joe Lauji, and wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Bright Hire as well. Check those guys out. You can see more details about what they do in, um, in the actual post above. So before we get started here, let us know who's out there. We don't want to be speaking in some weird vacuum. Uh, we want it to be interactive. So let me know. Um, if you're a recruiter, what company you work for, types of positions you work on, just give us a little intro in the comments. And then if you have questions, as always, we have a guest that's got wisdom into what's going on in the tech world, in recruiting in general, in the market. Um, so if you've got questions, we will get to them. And uh, and then if you've got comments as well, we'll be getting to them. So without further ado, Peter, welcome to the show. I would love if you could give just a quick introduction into who you are, what company you're with, and um, and how you got started in recruitment as well, because that's what this show is all about. So welcome. Sure. Thanks, Joel, for having me. Um, and uh, super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm Peter Ludden. Uh, I am director of recruiting at Blind uh, at the moment. And uh, yeah, how did I get into recruiting? I think that's yeah, a really like how interesting did you question. Slip, how did you slip yeah. and fall awkwardly into recruiting? <laughs> Pretty much how everyone. <laughs> well, I went to recruiting university. And then, <laughs> the easiest, uh, it's the easiest yeah. university of them all, right? University of California slash recruiting. Um, I love that. Yeah, I, I got a degree in biology. It was really sort of a, a life sciences nerd and um, really enjoyed both kind of like the the soft skills of exploring the world and then also the data focused research side of things. Um, long ago, I graduated and then worked at a small education consulting company where I was helping write science tests for high schoolers who were kind of like learning biology, chemistry, et cetera. In that tiny little startup company, Action Learning Systems, um, I got to partner with the VP of HR and see what hiring looks like, see what qualifying sort of like teaching consultants looked like and really a taste of, of uh, HR in general. From there, I, I moved to a financial services company, Oak Tree Capital, where I was more in a HR administrator, learning and development stage, and also recruiting coordinator, multiple hats, and got a little deeper into recruiting. My real major stint of recruiting started at Amazon. I went to Amazon Worldwide Operations, fulfillment centers, building out fresh in SoCal, um, that was a wild world. And from there, I, I couldn't, couldn't pull myself away from uh, recruiting and have followed a, a path um, that's led me here today. So yeah, kind of fell into Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore. And my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. BrightHire is a leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, Visit brighthired.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. You know, um, love data, but didn't love being alone in a, in a research environment. Love people. So people and data married together is a really cool um, part of what I like about recruiting. 
Yeah. And and how so? And it, I'd, I'd be curious too. Just give us a little rundown on on what Blind does and like who you guys yeah. are. And, and I'd love to know like how you made <clears throat> that transition into you know going from like fulfillment sensor recruitment and you know yeah. the, kind of like the warehouse type roles into uh, working at a tech company and and now um, you know yeah. kind of acting as as the face of recruiting for for Blind as well. Like just kind of walk us through how that happened. Sure. Yeah. So first off, Blind, where I'm at right now, Blind is a, an anonymous and verified social app for mostly tech workers, but we're, we're growing over time. Um, Blind, we've got about 7 million global users on the platform, originally founded in Korea in 2013, um, found great success there. Basically, you know, deep brand recognition. If you say, I like to say, if you say Reddit in the U.S., and you say blind in Seoul, Korea, kind of has that same hit. Really? Um, yeah. In terms of uh, like, you know, 80 to 90% of white collar workers are on, on blind in Korea, which is really cool. And our founders really started. So, so is that user US. base too? Is that, is that like worldwide user base? That's yeah, global. Yes. Yeah, so it's about, it's about 5 million uh, in Korea and then a little over 2 million in the U S up from, uh, I think it was like a million a year ago. So we're, we're growing pretty, pretty significantly here. And, um, yeah, it's what I like to say is it's the place where people go to talk about workplace stuff that they don't have any other place to talk about. It's anonymous. Mm. It's verified. It's a community that sort of self moderates. So if you make a post and someone says, yeah, that's spot on, or someone says, no, that's inaccurate. Let me correct you. There's no real clout on the platform. You don't like get followers. You don't that's why um, I'm not there, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just kidding. <laughs> um, so we've gotten a lot of. Uh, so how do, how is it kind of like different from like a you know like Glassdoor? Yeah. Obviously, like I think of like yeah. Glassdoor where you're leaving reviews and it, it's it's anonymous. It doesn't really seem like they're verified necessarily, but like how, what what's kind of like the the difference would you say between between sure. them? Yeah. So when I pitch it to candidates, like what's blind like, I say it's a mix between LinkedIn, Reddit. Glassdoor, a little bit of Twitter, because mostly text-based. Um, Twitter before Musk. <laughs> yeah, um, we can talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> so when you sign up, you 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 get verified through your work email. So I signed up six, five, six years ago when I was at AWS. Someone was telling me, "Hey, did you see what they're saying on the Blind channel?" And I was like, "What's what's Blind?" You sign up, it sends a verification to your work email address, so that when you are on Blind. It says your you know, random profile uh, ID, and then it says your company next to it, and it's a verified company. So you get access to the company channel as well. And so that's a differentiator because you can be anybody on Reddit. You can be anybody on, on Twitter, and even LinkedIn doesn't really have like a verification um, mechanism yet. Maybe they'll build one. but I, which, which is insane to me. Right, they, they don't decide up whoever you are. On, yeah, on I mean, they're literally yeah. their biggest <laughs> revenue generator is LinkedIn Recruiter, and you're not even verifying that people work yeah. or are who they say. That is, yeah. People have done experiments with that too. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but <coughs> for um, for like DEI purposes, you'll sign up, make a dummy account, exactly the same education, school, oh, yeah. all that stuff, work, and then make a different account, different demographic. <laughs> And then see what what gets more reach outs. First of all, it's crazy you can do that. You know, just make two different accounts. And then second of all, it's really interesting to see the um, the disparity 
that can that can show up through uh, you know different demographics and, and reach outs on LinkedIn, which is a whole whole separate topic we can we can dive into. Well, yeah. let me ask you with Blind then. So, like, you have to obviously it's verified by the company you're at. Yep. Like, let's say if someone was looking to break into tech, that is that yep. not a platform then that they could go on, or you could just sign up with any company's yeah. domain. It doesn't have to be like tech necessarily doesn't have to be tech we do have a threshold because of user experience we want we want companies to have a company channel so you know if, if you're at a a one to five person startup uh, you know it's it's not really anonymous if you sign up and you're like you know founder at X company um, so we have a hundred person threshold for companies to get their own company channel um, and it does not have to be a tech company uh, for instance just you know in in uh, in parallel in Korea, it's not just tech. It's, you know, we've got politicians on the platform. We've got educators on the platform, airline, hospitality, like a whole, cool. whole diverse industry set, uh, on that platform, which is a bit more mature. It's been going a bit longer. Yeah. So awesome, man. doesn't have to be tech, but predominantly that's where we started. You know, a lot of our, our, um, business development, getting folks on the platform. Amazon was one of the major ones. Yeah. So then are you able to like network with individual users? I mean, could yep. obviously like a question that we get um, all the time or that I'm getting all the time right now is like, how do you break into tech? Like, how do you make that transition? Yeah. Um, how do you how do you use like the transferable skills that you have and how, how do you communicate in a way to where you can get in? Like, is that a viable source to be able to kind of totally. network with people, even though it's anonymous? Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts there? That's a, a big portion of our, our posts. You know, it's user-generated content. So people, you know, sign up. <coughs> you could be, I mean, you know, get into tech can mean different things. To I different know, people. right? You could be a software engineer at a, at a bank, right? Is, does, does someone consider that tech? You're, you're in a tech function. I think we, a, I think we generally consider tech as just like FANG, right? Or yeah. Or whatever. So, like that's what exactly. everybody's me. So someone will post something there and be like, look, I've been working at X industry. You know, I, I'm looking to break into tech. I'm interviewing at Google right now. Anybody got any tips? And people will just dive in and, and give you mm. context and content. So that's actually a really um, big part of the community is interview prep tactics, company vetting information right like i should i should i apply to work at stripe are they doing well i saw their valuation mm. got cut right like they, these kind of questions come up a lot and it's a really helpful um tool for for job seekers in general to kind of own their own career development and and uh get advice that you can trust is coming from someone who works at that company because they've got a verified verified account um or they'll get called that. called out if they say something that's not you know not right um, yeah. So it's kind of like LinkedIn without my memes and the fluff. <laughs> so no, so that's, one, that's one awesome. reporter called us the anti-LinkedIn. <laughs> wow. Excuse me. And uh, another one called us the honest LinkedIn. Now, I don't always want us to be compared with LinkedIn, but we play in the same, you know, we play yeah. in the same space. And I think some of those are, are accurate. Uh, well, too, even with like Glassdoor, I mean, I think like, you know, Glassdoor is obviously, they've got some good information on there, but it's hard to know. You know, you see a lot of disgruntled people on there as well. And like, also like one of the things that I've seen, particularly, I know we were talking before this, but like, I'm pretty getting more active on TikTok, for example. And it's like the amount of like misinformation on there in terms of just like 
different like little hacks you can do or like things you should, you know, you know, it's basically like kind of just people spouting out like whatever they think is going to get views, which I mean, I do that as well, but it's, it's not, it's almost like there isn't like a check of like, oh yeah, this, that's great, great advice. Oh no, you know, th this isn't. So um, I, I mean, it could just be a valuable place to go just to learn, you know, especially if you're looking to break into something like tech, just to go and learn and like understand, um, you know, and ask questions too. I mean, it sounds like it's a great place to be able to ask questions. One of the one of the barriers that I've heard, you know, to signing up for blind is the verification piece because that's that's a differentiator for our our community, right? It's like, mm. you know, we don't we don't have college students on there. Um, I know some other platforms do. You know, it's mostly for working professionals. We 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 in this environment, a lot of layoffs happening, a lot of job seekers, a lot of folks who can't verify through a work email anymore. So we we built a, a kind of a, a different on ramp for people to be able to get an account so that they can have that valuable information even without being verified. Yeah. Cause it, you know, part of, part of the ethos of, of why moon, our, our founder made blind was to give people a voice who didn't have a voice. Um, and I think that that's now more than ever really important, especially in, you know, an economic downturn where people are um, getting laid off and, and job seekers are just really struggling right now. Um, I, just side note, when you were talking about, uh, TikTok. I thought you were talking about Glassdoor, and I was thinking, <laughs> "What is he talking about?" Uh, one, one, one problem I have with TikTok is that the comments you can never read them in order. I don't know if that annoys you as well. Oh, I haven't figured out the comment thing. So, like, you post a really helpful TikTok, and then people start commenting. Yeah, you really have to mine the comments to understand, even just the order. If someone makes multiple yeah uh, comments yeah there's there's that and then i think too like what kind of irritates me in some ways is like it, i mean obviously like i'm aiming more towards like career advice and like jobs but it, it, you know the type that you see these random like profile pictures jump up and it'd be some kid who's just like like the other the other week i did a post about how you know big tech is getting hit hard and there's these layoffs going on and it was actually just after amazon announced their hiring freezes yeah and then i suggested you know, hint suggested uh, that potentially looking at like an early stage startup might not be that bad of an idea because they've got fresh funding, series A, series B, they, they haven't burned through the cash yet. And they seem based on the research I'm doing to have just more openings. Like they're just in that stage where they have more openings. And then a cartoon character of SpongeBob jumped on there and said, you're an idiot, big tech, you know, just like bash, you completely bash me. And then, um, so that kind of irritates me a little bit because it's like you don't really know what people's uh, credentials are. And I think at least on LinkedIn, you know where people are working and where they're at. But I I do like this idea of like really, truly verifying someone's at a company. And it sounds like with the anonymity, you know, being anonymous, people are more likely to kind of be honest and open about what's going on. But at the same time, like you can kind of call somebody out and and the community can call people out without feeling like, oh man, my brand's going to be tarnished and I'm going to look negative. You know, yeah. it's like, no, you you can actually, it's like the community is policing itself almost where even on LinkedIn, there's some just bad takes and people say you know, everything's an opinion, but it's it's kind of stated as a fact. I like how the community, it feels, feels like they can self-police with that. I think, yeah, that's, you know, that's that's one of the powers of an anonymous community is being able to, 
level the playing field. And, and I think that's really fascinating when you consider that we don't, we don't have people flesh out their job titles and their, you know, they're like, it's not like director of so-and-so at Chase Bank versus, you know, senior program manager at Chase Bank. It's, it's kind of like you work at Chase, you work at Chase, you get an evil, e- equal playing field for commenting. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you're familiar or you remember the better.com <laughs> fiasco. Oh, wait, uh, was that the one yeah. over Zoom? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, over Zoom. We're never forgetting the better.com fiasco. I'm never forgetting that. It was I mean, insane. He broke the fourth wall on blind and and uh he was active on blind and uh mm. um you know which is really interesting to me to know that um some company leaders are actually more and more company leaders are are getting on blind because they realize my employees are here. Yeah. It would behoove me to know what's being talked about. It's like Hopefully. undercover boss almost. <laughs> you know, um, maybe it's like educating the boss, right? How yeah. often do people speak truth to power without the without the fear of repercussion, right? Um, and I think that that can happen on blind, and does, right? Um, I love side that. note: I saw a Twitter engineer speak truth to power to to Elon Musk yesterday. I don't know if you <laughs> saw it, but. Uh, uh, it didn't go well. He got fired over Twitter. He got oh fired my on gosh, Twitter. Dude. Um, very whole, antithetical I mean, example. That whole thing is yeah. just a huge mess, obviously. And yep. um, it's just, it just comes at a weird time too. Cause it's like, obviously there are layoffs going on and, and there's a downturn going on. So obviously it's just, it's just a weird time for all of that to be happening. Like it almost like, it almost kind of makes it seem like it's, stuff isn't real. I don't know. It's, it's just really, it's really bizarre. Um, my company is busy, open new branch and recruit spending. Awesome, man. Great to hear. Um, and we'll get to some of these comments. I, we haven't had too many questions, but guys, if you have questions for Peter, just, to, you know, in terms of like tech recruiting, um, what he's looking for with candidates, like anything, anything to do with that. Like I really encourage you guys, cause I get a lot of questions, uh, in the DMS and, uh, you know, you don't want to just hear from me. This is somebody who is a director of recruiting at a tech company and you know has, has has done that, and I want to I want to kind of get back to that too with with the conversation. Like uh, we talked about a little bit before the call. Obviously, things are a little bit slower. Um, so, like, talk to me. Like, and this is this would be great for recruiters as well that maybe are in a similar situation and they're not really sure necessarily what they should be doing or like how they can be demonstrating value. So, talk to me just about like what you do as a director of recruiting, when the recs are a little bit lower, like what types of stuff are you working? How are you bringing value to the organization outside of just filling seats? It's a, it's a relevant question, I think, because uh, sadly, right. Recruiting functions. Um, yeah. Thanks for that comment. That's a good one. Um, recruiting functions get cut first in, in downturns, right? If, if they're not any roles to hire, uh, oftentimes layoffs happen and hit the recruiting teams first. We saw that in 2020, right? It was a, it was a, a, a very significant time where uh, recruiting teams were cut. Now what we're seeing- well, What were you doing happening. in 2022 just to get everybody- doing, Yeah. Did you happen to get so, cut? Thankfully, I, I did not experience layoffs personally. I left, so I was working at a company called Datto out of Connecticut. It was uh, Connecticut's unicorn business continuity disaster recovery. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, I made the jump to what felt like a 
gamble at the time. I, I moved over to TikTok. Uh, I joined TikTok in, I think it was April of 2020. And um, yeah, Kendra, recruiting is the canary in the coal mine. It's, it's, it's true. Um, and uh, so I joined TikTok early on and um, was able to see the, you know, the, that business grow. There was a lot of hiring happening at TikTok, despite the fact that hiring was, was slowing down in many other places. Um, yeah, Datto, Kendra, nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, it wasn't part of the layoffs, but um, during downturns, to get back to your question, there's a lot that you can do to prepare for the inevitable upturn, right? Pipelining for roles that you know are going to be open, um, uh, building out your DE&I strategy. Uh, it's always something that companies need to be focusing on and can always be done better. Uh, in terms of goals, in terms of looking in the mirror and saying where you are, where you want to be. Um, project Good. work is a huge part of it. Um, process improvement and uh, taking account for how you do things, whether that's um, candidate experience, whether it's SLAs for how to how, how quickly to, to re respond to somebody. Um, why, don't assessments get, why don't you just let everyone know what's an yeah. SLA for anyone who doesn't know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a can stand for service level agreement. Um, basically the idea is how quickly are you going to do something? So if I say, um, for instance, when I worked at Amazon, they had a cool policy I thought was really interesting. It's called the two and five promise. After a hiring manager phone interview, we promised to get you a decision. Yes or no within two business days. And then the other promise was after having an on-site interview, Amazon promised to give you a decision within five business days so that mm -hmm. you weren't just, you know, left in the wind going, how did it go? I didn't hear back. Does that mean it's good? Does that mean it's bad? Um, that, that happens? And, <laughs> there's, I think there's a term for it. Yeah, I, try... <laughs> I can't think of it for the life of me. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's tough. SLAs are tough because recruiting can be such a, such a, pile of papers on your desk, so to speak, and you've got to you know, get through it all and, and you're very, very busy. But having SLAs can really improve the candidate experience, which is a humongous, uh, humongous opportunity for a lot of TA teams. Um, one I will comment on because I'm, I'm doing it right now is pivoting, um, finding a way to use your recruiting skill set, which has very um, lateral um, applications in other aspects of your company. For instance, sometimes I'd boil it down and say recruiting is selling jobs, right? We are selling jobs. Um, that's an oversimplification, but sales is a humongous portion of recruiting. And some, some recruiters can pivot to a sales organization to, you know, to find a way to add value to the revenue of a company when revenue is a big uh, focus. So those are some. Um, I, I, can, I can link a cool article that was really neat from Jem. Jem actually has a good article. Um, Jem's a CRM, a really good tool. Uh, you know, what do TA leaders do in economic downturns? And uh, that's a, that was a really neat um, yeah, TA leaders guide to hiring slowdown. So I'll, I'll share that later. And we got a, got a good, um, Addison just asked, she says, what drew to you, yeah. what drew you to keeps you in tech recruiting, especially when tech seems to be the industry that's hurting right now. Always curious as to why recruiters may choose one industry over the other. Um, yeah, I'm just, I mean, obviously you've recruited in different spaces. So like what drew you in the yeah. tech and like what, what kind of keeps you 
in, in a tech recruiting role? It's a good question. I'll, I'll share with you, Addison, and thanks for the question. Um, after I worked at Amazon Worldwide Operations, which again was like high volume um, hiring for fulfillment centers, warehouse workers, and then also some of the specialized roles within warehouse, IT managers, operations leaders, et cetera. Um, after that, I worked at Princess Cruises, which was a really interesting industry um, switch, these little floating cities around the world, right? And, and um, got, got a taste of that industry um, and then went back to AWS. Someone pulled me back to Amazon, but into their you know, cloud computing space. Tech, I think, makes a lot of noise and has high valuation. And so those two kind of make it this like shiny object in tech recruiting and, you know, tech roles generally garner higher wages um, and, and somewhat have arguably, this is an argument, um, harder to fill roles at times. And I'm careful to say that because many roles can be super difficult, right? Um, but- Recruiting like, is no joke. That's right, it's no <laughs> joke. Your sales recruiting, your legal recruiting, your accounting and finance. I, I tell you what I think is a nightmare right now, honestly. Like imagine trying to recruit truck drivers. Like legit, like I do a lot of um, you know business development where I'm Chuck looking smarter. at who's, who's yeah. hiring uh, rec recruiters. The amount of logistics and like truck driver recruiter openings that there are is crazy. And it's like, problem is it's not a lot of necessarily money in that. So it, it's not as attractive, but it's just tough, you know. It's uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. But you're, but actually, you're... no. That's that's really relevant. There's a there's a I can't recall the name, but there's a a truck uh, recruiting company nearby me. So I live in like the Santa Clarita Valley area. Um, have to recall their name, but yeah, truck recruiting. Gosh, truck truckers. That's a really really tricky one. Um, I think some people fall into tech recruiting and then just like it. Um, yeah. Seems the constant need. Um, and, and for me particularly, I like to work at places where I either use the product, like the company, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the technology. And so you kind of have to like what you're recruiting for to continue to do it. And for me, I've always been interested in, you know, tech products. So like, you know, um, I worked at a crypto startup before this because I was really interested in blockchain. Um, I think it, it depends on the recruiter. Yeah. Sean said Centerline is the, the company. Ah, yeah. There's probably a few. There's probably a few out, out there. Um, no, I love that, man. And I mean, I think, like you said, like, I think to me, like a lot of people have a fascination around tech because I think it's just popular and it's, it's, there's a lot of things that I think people build up in their minds of like what it's like. But I know a lot of tech recruiters who are no longer tech recruiters because it's not, you know, it's it's a it's a tough thing to be able to recruit for. You have to be passionate about it. I think agency side, it's extremely challenging. I don't think uh, I don't think candidates necessarily um, respect like um, you know recruiters that much because they've had a lot of terrible experiences. It's just it's a lot to manage. But um, I think to your point, like you have to be passionate about whatever you're recruiting yeah. for. Otherwise, it just becomes burnout because you're having conversations. Yeah. If those conversations don't, in, you know, you don't enjoy them, uh, you're not building something you enjoy. Um, it's huge. I got got another question here too. And yeah. I know, well, Teresa just said, that isn't the hiring manager the one that gets you hired? And like, yeah, for sure. The hiring manager is the one that ultimately makes the decision. And we work with the hiring yeah. manager to find, you know, the, the people that they're looking for. But yeah, the hiring manager pulls, recruiters get a lot of the heat, but let's be honest here, hiring managers play a massive part in things. And a lot of times, like if we're saying, hey, 
you're not a fit or yeah, we, you know, we don't think you're a fit. A lot of times it, it's because we know how the hiring manager is going to react and we're serving the hiring manager. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're gatekeeping a lot of the time. Um, but it's based on the hiring manager. Like I think we would all just fill roles with great people who have skills, but sometimes the hiring managers are, are they're specific in what they want. And as a function of the business, you have to serve the hiring managers, right? I mean, you can't just, you can consult them and you can help them. But at the end of the day, you know, the hiring manager plays a massive role in everything. And I would add to that because, um, Teresa, my, my philosophy as a recruiting professional has evolved over the years, but where I've landed currently is that, um, the reason my role exists and the reason that TA roles exist in the best of worlds is that we're, we're the recruiting experts. We're the ones who day in and day out are interviewing people, are reading resumes, are you know um, speaking with folks about their career desires and qualifying, um, and and we live in the recruiting world. Um, hiring managers live in their department world, right? Like when I'm hiring for an engineering manager, most of their time is not spent on hiring. Most of their time is spent on the products that they're working on and the. Right. solving the solving the things that they need to solve and so they ultimately do make the hiring decision um, but we are the subject matter experts that advise that talk about market conditions that find like source we haven't talked about sourcing that's a huge portion of time um, that that uh, hiring managers generally don't do um, and of course yeah ultimately they have to live with the hire that they make on their team and that's part of the reason I always advocate that they have some skin in the game and of course don't just sort of like go find me a hire right um they've got to be involved in it but it's it's really a team sport um hiring a good well, question we, Teresa. Uh, and we're getting some great questions here guys as well and uh, this question and man i never know who it is as a linkedin user but that's just because of uh we're not actually streaming directly on the linkedin we're streaming on the third uh, a third party uh service called Streamyard. So the privacy settings aren't allowing a person's name to be displayed. Um, so LinkedIn user, feel free to drop your name, but appreciate this question. I think it's great. Um, so you mentioned DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. What are some of the best recruiting strategies to support and advocate for DEI in the hiring process? Uh, so I'm guessing sourcing there as well. But some recruiters talk about rubrics, posting. Are there best practices you would suggest? And I'm particularly interested in this too, because I do think with like in the tech space in general, um, you know, it can it, obviously something that is more of a focus or it seems to be more of a focus, but I'm always curious of like, how do, how do these things play out? Um, so I'd love to just yeah. hear, hear what you think about this. That's a great question. And I, I like it because it's sort of a foundational question. Um, I, I think the, the first place to start. And it's Liz, um, by the way, who said that. Honor. So thanks, Liz. Yeah. Mm, is, is to to understand uh, the, the value of having um, a diverse workforce, a, a diversity of skill sets, walks of life, demographics, um, backgrounds, geographies, et cetera. Why, why is diversity, equity, and inclusion so important? I think that's the first place to start when anybody is, is, is thinking about DEI recruiting, right? Let's just take the DEI part first, um, and uh, that's a that's a really um, 
in-depth look at humanity. <laughs> I, I sometimes get really high level here and just go like, what are we doing with our lives? But I think, first of all, humanity is a really complicated uh, subject and, and recruiting interacts with humanity constantly. And so first you have to get, get down, why are you as a company interested in DE&I? And there's some good answers. I, I won't provide them here. I think that it's really a look in the mirror moment for, for companies. Um, the other piece is not just why, why should I, why do we, what do we think about the ENI? It's also where are we at currently? Some companies start in Ireland, right? And they, they got started there and they hire locally and the local demographic is relatively homogenous. Not not picking on Ireland, but that's just how it happened. You right? can pick on the yeah. Irish all you want here. <laughs> I'm thinking of Stripe. Um, and, uh, you know, then then as the company grows, you, you tap into more, um, you know, candidate pools and you start to, to realize, wow, we're a very big company, but we're skewed one way or the other. Usually when you're skewing, you are missing out on um, – context you're missing out on information i mean interviewing is all about getting 360 degree view of a candidate so you know whether they're going to be a good addition to your company i think um company planning headcount planning and dei planning is the same thing you want to um you want to know where you are and then you want to know where you want to be as far as like strategies go the best strategies look at where you want to be and work backwards and say, how are we going to accomplish these goals? What what is my goal? Um, and and uh, you know, this is a high level answer. I'm not getting too tactical. Oh no, it's okay. Hey, look, the... you're on a live show. Yeah, you know, you didn't know even the question was going to come in. This is a huge. No, it's a... This is something too, which not there's very few companies that have this figured out. And so, um, you know, I think of... I, I don't think anyone yeah. would expect like a, you know. The, the, <laughs> The, the, play, no, the essential one, playbook, you know? Jo so here, here are a couple of like tactical ones, Liz. Um, looking at your job postings and taking a keen eye to them to see if there's any implicit bias, gender bias, or like there are some tools out there that are neat that can scrape your job description to say, hey, look, this is excluding women because you're talking about, you know, in some of these terms, right? Like, Rockstar, ninja, and, uh, you know, you got to be a tech bro and, and, they, they causes candidates to self-select out. That's a very basic and simple place to start. Like, mm. how are your job descriptions coming across to job seekers? Um, yeah, so that's the postings piece. Rubrics would talk about um, how many, uh, like, what's the makeup of your candidate pool? How many people are you uh, qualifying and interviewing? And, and what does that candidate pool look like? Um, so you can really get granular and, and understand Wow, you know, I'm hiring software engineers and I've only spoken to white males from, you know, Seattle, Washington. Perhaps this is a very, um, you know, homogenous candidate pool and I could expand my, my efforts a bit. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a light touch on DEI. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, that's so much. And I even think just like looking at the places you're sourcing from as well. I think you have to coach hiring managers on this all the time because I think. A lot of hiring managers, at least I've dealt with, a lot of times there's preferential treatment of like school, what school they went to, or like what activities were they involved in, and yeah. um, so I like you said, it's like looking at like what's the data of what we're actually doing, like who are we actually talking to, and then something I learned this year too is even within the interview, like 
I guess I would always approach interviews and like screening calls, for example, at least this is on the agency side, but you know, I wasn't actually very structured in the way that I was interviewing until someone pointed out like, Hey, you should be actually conducting the same interview for everybody. And like, you know, and, and even something like that, I think people, you always hear this, you know, like, Oh, I could go out for a drink with that person or, Oh, I really, you know, I really connected with that person. And, but those are, that's how hiring has been. That's how recruiting has, has been. It's, 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 you know, and that's and even culture fit, you know, it's that yeah. same idea of like, okay, no, let's transition to culture ad. Like, what is this person adding? What are they bringing that's different to what, to what we have? Yeah. But, you know, we hear it all the time. Oh, they're not a fit. And then as a recruiter, are you just taking that or are you digging deeper? So there's obviously so much you can, you can bring. And I, I love, um, I love that you, what you brought as well. I've got, got another question here too. And Liz, thanks for asking the, the, this question as well. And the, the questions are coming in. Uh, I, I will say, Sean, he said uh, for DE and I, I think creating DE and I in your recruitment department should Spot be foundational. Yep. Um, and then um, Kala just asked, um, said, "Hi, Peter. In a uh, down market as an in-house in TA manager, what are your suggestions on how to market or how to market better to go after talent that might be trying to stay put?" Which I think, like right now, I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, you, you know, it's holiday season. People, you know, seem to like be wanting to wait. We, we heard on our team that a lot of people are waiting now for annual bonuses and annual bonuses are bigger than they were in the past. Whether those get paid out, who knows? But like, how do you approach it with people when they're like, hey, I want to stay put. I'm seeing what's going on in the market. How do you approach the, those conversations? Good question. I will add one more thing to DEI. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a really cool unconscious bias training that Google put out. It's not even a train. It's like five minutes about what is unconscious bias. Um, I recommend anybody with five minutes to take a look at it to understand how we all come with our own set of biases. And to your point, in, in uh, informing and coaching up hiring managers and even you know C level people on on what um, what is a way to combat implicit or unconscious bias is huge. Um, so I wanted to share that one. And then yeah, as far as can you drop that in the, the yeah. chat too? Like after yeah, the live, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be right now, but after sure. the live maybe. Yeah, um, I sure will. Uh, so as far as down market convincing or going after talent that might be trying to stay put, it's a good question. Um, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, you know, selling jobs or selling your company or convincing people to consider an opportunity is one way of looking at it, right? That's a pull. Let me pull this person to my company. Let me pull them to an opportunity. Um, you know, humans have uh, reasons for the things they do. And so candidates, if they're going to hunker down at a company, it's for stability. It's for, you know, dependability. They're worried if they're going to move to another company. I was the last hired, so I'll be the first fired, right? And that's a significant concern for folks that are seeing the wave of layoffs that are happening right now in November, but that have been happening in tech in October and, and, and earlier as well. Um, I think honestly, Kala, if I'm saying your name right, um, it's to be, and this is my my methodology, it's to be transparent as you can um, and, and to be as unsalesy as possible. I think it's it's providing information to job seekers. Hey, this is a really cool company. They just raised a series, whatever. Um, they're hiring someone with your skill set, you know, you would be needed. I think it's selling the value proposition accurately and then yeah. letting them make a decision. You can't really force somebody to to consider whatever you're reaching out to them about. 
but um, you can do your very best to overcome objections, to anticipate, to listen, um, and to, you know, share what you're trying to share. Um, even in a down market, tons of companies are hiring. You just need to find them, right? Like you may hear in the news, so-and-so company just froze hiring, but for every one of those, there's five to 10 other startups, like you said, Joel, that just got funding and need their founding engineer or whatever. Um, yeah, and I think too, like I mean, we always say, I'm like I remember getting a training from like Lou Adler, for example, where he's like, you just got to evaluate the whole situation, and you've got to evaluate is this position even maybe more scope, more responsibility. There's a lot that goes into a role, and and then also just understanding, like I think there's a fascination, and there's always going to be a fascination, particularly in a time like this, for like 100% stability. Like you hear these things, like hey, we're recession proof, and we're this and that, and it's like. Okay, maybe you're in a company that does seem to be somewhat recession-proof logically, but it doesn't mean anything's 100% stable. There is no 100% stability when it comes to these things. Like the the chances of being laid off or losing your job for all of us in a long career, it's a high probability it's going to happen. But if you get super worried about that and you're not looking at like strategically, where am I looking to go in my career? Is this actually a wise career move? You just miss out on opportunities too. Like it's like the fear can hold you back. Um, we got the last questions here too, uh, cause we're, we're kind of wrapping up, but, uh, Sarah just said recently, I've seen a job posting where, or a job posting that said statistics show women apply to jobs when they're only hundred percent qualified, but no one is hundred percent qualified. Um, we encourage you to shift the trend and apply anyway. We look this. forward to hearing yeah. from you. Uh, and then she just goes on and just ask, um, like, do you recommend people applying for jobs, even if they don't hit every hard skill? I'd be curious, like from your point of view, like obviously to being in tech and, you know, wanting to even like help people transition into tech or at times you've, you've probably done that. Like, how do you, how do you in your mind, like view, like the measurement of like, Hey, I should apply for this job or I shouldn't, or like, what's, what's enough, what's not enough. Yeah, Sarah, this is an awesome question. And I'm, I'm really glad you put it up there because um, it speaks to self-selecting out and who is, who is more um, predispositioned to do that. And there are studies that show that women do self-select out if they don't meet, meet 100% of the cr criteria on a more consistent basis, a higher percentage than men. Uh, and the joke is like, guys are like, whatever, I can do it, right? And of course, that's a generalization. Um, but but um, I, I, tying it into what do TA leaders do when it's a hiring slowdown, this is one of the things that I've been looking at is how to add in language and I've done so, um, how to add in language that says, hey, we wanna get to know you. And even if you don't match all of our criteria, if, please apply if you think that you are a match for this role and, and then we can go from there. And I think there is some baseline of basic qualifications. And I really hope that when people put their job posts together, they think hard about what it means to be a basic qualification. Yeah. In tech, right, like if you're a software engineer, um, well, if you're an engineering manager and you need to hire someone to your team, you need to hire um, a software engineer who knows uh, Ruby on Rails. And they have to know this. They have to have, you know, <laughs> three years worth of work experience doing that. That's, a, that's probably a hard qualification. The, the parallel would probably be like, you know, we can all relate to this. If it says must be fluent in, you know, insert language you don't speak, 
you're probably not going to apply to that job. Right. But if there are seven basic qualifications and you hit six of them, you know, you should probably apply for that role because you don't quite know. Seven's a lot, first of all. And then second of all, you don't quite know what is really a, a deal breaker. Um, so if you are on the fence, here's my guiding you know, answer to, to anyone thinking this. If you're on the fence and you think I could probably do that job, apply. I mean, what's the harm in applying? You know, the, the quote, right? You miss 100% of the shots, you don't shoot, whatever. It's like an application may take you a minute um, and then you at least have a chance to be considered. Yeah. Yeah. I they don't that. hit every hard skill. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was looking at like, what, six, six, 60 to 80%. I mean, if a job's like, hey, we need seven years of yep. experience and you're at four to five, I mean, might as well. Because it is also like years of experience and what you've done with those years of experience also matters. Like, I know plenty of people yep. who have two to three years recruiting experience that are probably more advanced than people who have 10 years recruiting experience because they just, they've gotten more done. They've done more projects. They've it matters what you've done in those years. And I think a lot of times like what the job descriptions, like, first of all, they're, they're describing like a person and not even like a role necessarily. So they're pretty, it's, it's not really describing the job. It describes the person five to seven years, this, this degree. So, but uh, again, yeah. too, like, should you just apply randomly to jobs? Like, no, that's a waste of your own time. It's not going to help you out. So I think you've got to use some judgment there. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, so look, I, we've answered a ton of questions and you, I mean, you've answered a ton of questions and uh, yeah. I appreciate everybody out there asking and, and Kala did just say, uh, thanks Peter. And yes, you said my name, right? Thanks. So um, I'll just say one more thing on that. If it's all right, Joel is yeah, of course. roles can, roles can be up leveled or down leveled as well, which is something to consider when you're thinking of, I got four to five years of experience, but I'm really good. And I've been, you know, I've been accelerating in my career. I'm probably more qualified than some most people with seven or eight. So I'll apply, right? Like you can also down level the role. If it's posted as a senior, but you find a really great mid-level engineer, I, I've seen it time and time again where, where a role can be down leveled to hire someone who will add a lot of value to the team and vice versa, right? You post senior and you find someone who's a lead or a staff level, you can make the business justification. So like you said, Joel, there's there's a point at which it makes sense to apply. You don't just want to, Shotgun apply to everything, but please um, God no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's also also too like I've been like a lot of people are talking about like a lot of people want to transfer and they want to go from like one industry to another or one area to another. Like you get salespeople that want to go into customer success, or you have people who a lot of like right now I'm getting a lot of teachers who are in the educating field wanting to get in in a tech, for example. And I, I think like one of the things that you said, which is really interesting too, is like, sometimes you got to look at like, what does breaking into tech mean? And like, you know, a lot of times, like it could be easier at a, you know, maybe a company that's not like considered even a tech company to actually get into their like IT department. And like, you know, there's different ways to get in, or maybe you get in with one skill set uh, into a company, let's say you get into a company for sales, and then you start applying for the internal roles for a recruiter or HR you just have such a higher probability of getting, being able to transition in a company than trying to start at a new company doing something new. And and a lot of times people aren't, you're not thinking about that as like, okay, hey, strategically, my company's hiring in this area. Why don't I approach that? Um, but curious too, like, yeah. and we've only got like a couple of minutes left here, but I, I want to know, like, what do you, um, I want to get your take on what do you kind of see this end of the year and then coming into next year, 
like what are, what are some of your thoughts and like what are you what are you kind of projecting for blind as a company in terms of the hiring and then um i guess just like tech market as a whole like what do you think you know what do you, what is your prediction it's obviously had to be 100 yeah accurate. i'm just curious yeah. what your take is uh yeah it's a it's a great question i think um I think we are in the throes of it with in the tech industry. Um, I mean, I don't envision quarter one of next year being as bad as quarter four of this year in terms of um, companies uh, while having some record profits, um, you know, conducting layoffs in anticipation of, of a recession. Um, I, I, my prediction is most um, most tech companies that you know are maybe struggling on the revenue or or have had some layoffs they will they will be conservative for the remainder of this quarter and probably the first two three months of next year and then things will start to turn back. Um, I think it's closely tied to the Fed rate hike, uh, of course, and and uh, some other macroeconomic things, but. Um, uh, recessions don't last super long if you look at the historical data um for blind right we have um we are we are still hiring critical roles we're looking at positions that add revenue that are are must have and we're building some cool products in the job space and in the the talent marketplace space and um like i said earlier we're, we're offering job seekers ways to get information on our platform we're really leaning heavy into that because that's how people are using it um twitter with 50%, you know, being let go and meta with a ton of people being let go, we've seen a significant uptick of folks joining the platform from those two companies. And I think that that really speaks volumes like Twitter. There's an article out there where Twitter users are going to blind to get their information on what's mm -hmm. going on with their company. Um, and we want to continue to add value to the community in that way um, for job seekers, for people who do want to break into tech. Um, and so we're, we're, um, yeah, we're building some some neat things to come in early next year to offer people a way to to get into tech and to um, access the community. So, I'm I'm opti cautiously optimistic about the market in general. I think now is the worst. I I've jokingly but not jokingly said to colleagues, you know, this is November bloodbath. Like the first couple of weeks of November have just been horrific with Lyft and Stripe and Meta and um, Twitter and and the list goes on. A lot of you know no name companies that are also not making headlines, but are, are laying people off as well. So yeah, that's my dire, but also not dire prediction. Like let's see what, where we are at in six months. And I think it'll be a very different story. Cause Joel, if you remember, you go back six months, I looked at a Forbes article that was like, everybody's I hiring. I know. Like <laughs> look, look, the indicator to me was when I was, I was recruiting recruiters last year and literally every recruiter I talked to was interviewing with either Meta or Amazon yeah. for contract positions. Because yep. they were paying so much, they were paying like 120 bucks an hour, which for a contract yeah. recruiter, that's a that's a lot of money, right? Like I mean, most of the contract recruiters, even if they had experience, were like targeting you know 90 to 100, let's say. Yeah. But these yeah. guys were they're paying so much, and it was just like their teams were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It was like, and I was scrolling through LinkedIn, recruiter, recruiter, recruiter. I'm like, what are you guys preparing for? Like. Are you looking to like quadruple in size over the next year? Metaverse. And Metaverse. then it, right. Well, exactly. Yeah. And a lot, obviously a lot of companies were in building mode, but it was like yeah. everybody when, and again, like we'd get on intake calls with clients and 
very similar story. Like, yeah, we're looking to quadruple, you know, we're looking at triple in size, double in size by the end of 2023. Or, and so we need to build out our recruiting team. So it's really big. But yeah. when you hear things like that, you're like, okay, we know there's a shortage of tech talent. Like, I don't know how there, I don't even think these people exist. Like, how are you going to hire all these people? So, um, you know, it's somewhere it's like it's just a correction on those things. And, and obviously like these companies are run by really smart people as well. Um, so, and they're staples as well. And there's a lot of them are solid businesses, but, uh, Let's see. Teresa said, uh, "This Teresa, Teresa's <laughs> got a dig at you right here." Peter, get I love some sleep. It. Well done, gentlemen. Okay, so as far hey, as it being, Teresa, a- I'll I'll post here. I, my wife and I ran the New York Marathon last week, so I am still yeah, recovering from getting destroyed. I'll, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love some more. Sleep. I'm surprised you're. I'm surprised you're, <laughs> you're able to move. I ran a marathon in 2011, and I'm still feeling it. Uh, Good for you. Yeah, but she's she said too. Is this a regular LinkedIn program? Okay, so this program, usually it's on Wednesdays and it airs every week, 2 p.m. Central, because that's the time zone, zone I'm in, and uh, it is regular. And if you want to see the past episodes, if you just go to my LinkedIn profile under under the featured, you'll be able to see all past episodes. And then this Friday, I'm dropping this whole podcast into Spotify and iTunes, and you'll be able to revisit. Um, and then Kendra said, Joel, put me on the list for this show. Excellent. Hey, you just DM me, send me a message. Uh, we'll we'll look at, at getting you on the show as well, Kendra. Um, Peter, last question I always ask, and we're I appreciate all of your time. We're at the top of the hour. Um, last question I'd ask is: Let's say you are one of these new recruiters, or you're somebody new into the industry, and you know you're zero to two years in, and now we're hitting like the downturn for recruiters, right? Um, and someone's thinking like, is recruiting right for me? Like, what should I do? What would you, I mean, what would you say to that person? What would you say to yourself if you were in that position, you know, let's say in 2020, like what, what advice do you have? Uh, Yeah. Hey, look, recruiting is about flexibility and intellectual curiosity. I think those two pieces will take you really far and are good signs of, of strong, um, strong uh, performance indicators. You, you, if you're going to hire for a role, you need to know that role in and out. You need to know that business unit in and out. And, and you also need to be flexible because that role might get shut down and you work on a different role next. And so I think when recruiting downturns happen, you have got to be flexible. Are you going to move to another company? Are you going to change uh, roles for a bit and, and go into sales? Are you going to BD? Are you going to, you've got to allow your career to develop, not always in a straight path, but sometimes a little zigzaggy. So my recommendation would be, um, and I've got young kids and I'll probably tell them this when, when they're looking for their career is find something you can do well and, and go into it. It's not permanent. It's not forever, but um, you know, you do need to put food on the table sometimes. And so um, if you find yourself laid off and you've got a few years of experience recruiting and you can't find another recruiting job, uh, be flexible, find, find a role that your skills are well suited for. And even if you match six out of the eight, apply for it. (laughs) I think that's a good uh, a, a good summary for this this conversation too ah, man. i love it well i love uh you know just your approach to recruiting and and your style obviously um you uh you lead in the team well at blind it's cool to hear about blind as well so uh where can people find you where's the best place to connect with you yeah hit me up TikTok? on linkedin oh. <laughs> 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 uh 
I, I do have a TikTok account, but it's not relevant. It's about running instead of uh, You're one of those recruiting. SpongeBob people, aren't you? With the SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> you can look up Run Mom, Run Dad if you want to see me and my wife. Okay, cool. Okay. Nice little plug but, there. Uh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. No, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm constantly on LinkedIn and uh, be happy to chat with anybody. Yeah. Awesome. Well, appreciate all of the value you dropped. And uh, appreciate everybody out there as well. Uh, Colleen just said, I always tell people who are interested in going to recruiting that your path will not be linear. Exactly. Uh, wise oh, words there. And Teresa, she just said, what, what does a bachelor degree or equivalent experience really mean? You got to talk to my friend, Janaid Iqbal at nodegree.com for that one. Uh, he's, he's got a podcast all about that. Um, Kala will get you on as well, man. Just send me a DM. Kendra, send me a DM as well. But Kendra, Teresa, Sarah, um, Talita as well had had a, some comments in here. Sean, uh, Liz, um, Addison had so many people contributing. We really appreciate all of you. Anita, Kezia, Peter, great to see you guys. Um, guys, next week is Thanksgiving week, but we're going to be airing on Wednesday. Uh, so it'll be Wednesday, 2 p.m. I've got head of talent over at Craft on the show. Super excited for that. So guys, check check that one out. And I want to just give another shout out to Bright Hire, the sponsor of the company. Um, if you're not using Bright, Bright Hire or familiar with them, they're an interview platform that actually helps with a lot of things we talked about. They take the data from your interviews, uh, transcribe, and really help you get um, a better quality of hire and and really help show like where maybe some of your processes are, you know, have, have bias in it. So um, shout out to Bright Hire, shout out to Peter, shout out to everybody, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks, Joel. Hey, Thanks, everyone. I'm going to end this broadcast. I will cut that out in this.